and welcome to Swapping Joysticks. Uh, we're back after a one week break where we just, we were just really busy. <laughs> we were busy and tired. And yeah, it was like either we do a half assed podcast or we do one, oh, we just wait a week. And yeah, I mean, we do do them every single week, it, like without fail, except we failed once. Um, I think we've failed a couple of times. We do, but it, <laughs> we, I like to try and be consistent. Like the one thing in my life to be consistent can be swapping joysticks each week. What do you mean the one thing in your life? Well, I, I mean, I'm not the most consistent with my streams. So, oh, I thought you were being more personal than that. I was like, okay. No, no, you are very consistent. <laughs> you oh, are no, very, I am. You're very consistent. Daily, every morning. Um, oh, yeah, well, I was, I was thinking more as in like, <laughs> you play a game, you get angry at it, you get in a mood all day, and then that's it. That's like a consistent. The consistency. Right, should we start this again? Hello, welcome to Swapping Joysticks. <laughs> I'm Biggest Ben, otherwise known as Ben Ostwick, and joining me, as always, is the professional whiner, Ed Nightingale. Hello, Ed. Professional wino, maybe. Wine, yeah. Well, you can call yourself, you're not a wino. You I, can call yourself no, a wino when you have like half a bottle of wine a week. That is not a wino, Ed. I'll be pissed on half a sip. Every time I'm like, shall we open a bottle of wine? Bottle of wine, you're like, oh no, a bit late. <laughs> bit late and it's nine o'clock yeah. i just don't like wasting wine so if i don't have time to drink the whole thing i'd rather just wait until i do have time to drink the whole thing it's very rare to have time to drink the whole thing well we need to start earlier don't we we do we're gonna have open up straight after this i need to drink during cooking as opposed to waiting till we sit down to eat yeah you don't know the rule you know you pour a little splash in the in the cooking oh, and then a splash in your yeah, mouth yeah chef's, chef's perks yeah yeah, so it's called. Always. But yeah, no, um, this is Swapping Joysticks. We talk about gaming and streaming and gaming again. And um, yeah, because it's been a week, well, two weeks since our last one, we've got so much to talk about, including EGX, Lords of the Fallen's out, which you reviewed. Um, there's... There's been some big news. There has been big news. And are you allowed to talk about another game? Are you reviewing or no. should we wait till next week? Let's wait till next we'll week. Wait till next week for that one. Yes. Can I just say I'm really happy to be wearing a jumper? <laughs> well, yeah. Why is that? I just like wearing jumpers. And it's finally cold. Yeah, 10 degrees today. I know. What a dream. And then like three days ago, it was warm. Like today's perfect weather where it's cold, but it's still fresh and it's bright and it's mm. sunny. And you're like, I can cozy up on the sofa as I have done all afternoon playing Zelda, which I won't talk about because I've talked about that game enough. But I've been sat playing Zelda, cozied up with a cup of tea. This is this is proper autumn. It I is. like autumn. Yeah, I I really do like it as well. It's just it's been a bit of a weird autumn. I mean, last week there was a heat wave. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> sure it'll be like snowing next week. So Great. like that'll be the end of autumn. Yeah. Um, who knows? But anyway, yeah, it's um, currently like the 15th of October, right in the middle of Stream It, Beat It um for great almond street yeah. and we literally just in the last few minutes hit fifteen thousand pounds well, congratulations uh, so thank you to everybody who's taking part in that if you're you, welcome yeah well yes that's true you did fundraise <laughs> some as well um but yeah we let's go into the games because you've had a torrent of abuse haven't you well i wouldn't get that well uh, yeah maybe um what have you been playing ed what have we been playing well yeah it's been a couple of weeks um and we've both been playing some souls likes yeah, let's go so start. let's talk about Souls like, shall we? And let's start with the one that we all want to know about Lords of the Fallen. Lords of the Fallen. Well, it came out a couple of days ago. We're recording this on Sunday night. Um, it came out on Friday, Friday the 13th. Unlucky for some, including the developers. Um, oh, 
Wow. Sorry, wow, that came out really yeah. shady. I did not mean that to be that shady. Um, yeah, so Lord of the Fallen. Unfortunate for those that pre-ordered it, maybe. Well, maybe, unless there's a good update. So Lords of the Fallen is a Souls-like set in a dark, twisted fantasy world, which sounds a bit like Dark Souls, which is funny that, because that's exactly what it is. It is trying to be Dark Souls. In a lot of ways, it's Dark Souls 4. And for some people, that's going to be amazing and exactly what they want. You know, FromSoft have gone off and they've done Armored Core and they've done Elden Ring and different and Sekiro and other things. And maybe people want a return to Dark Souls, in which case Laws of the Fallen fits the bill. It feels very soulsy. It looks very soulsy. The combat is exactly the same. The UI is almost exactly the same. Um, and that's kind of testament to the developer for doing a good job. But also, I think it's just testament to FromSoft for coming up with a good concept that if you just copy it exactly, then you're going to have a pretty good game. Mm. Um, if the name seems familiar, there was a game of the same name back in 2014 called Laws of the Fallen. Yeah. It's the same name. I just said that. I'm repeating myself. And it was not very good. It didn't review very well at the time. I played it again recently before I wrote the review of the new one. It's fucking awful. Oh, I saw somebody being like, oh, actually, Lords of the Fallen, the original, it was hard done by by the press, because it actually it's one of my favourites, and I really like Fucking awful. Yeah, people... Just... I mean, maybe it just hasn't aged well, but, like, it's yeah. slow and lumbering, and just the graphics are terrible. Just, I played it for a couple of hours and was like, this is enough. I can't, I can't touch what this anymore. What kind of game is that one? Well, it's kind of Souls-like. And then people are like, oh, it's not really a Souls-like. I'm like, it's quite clearly a Souls-like. Um, it's, you know, you level up at certain points and, and it's like slow combat with, with, you know, with managing your stamina and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, and you die, you drop your stuff. It's very similar to Souls. And it was quite clearly trying to do that. So CI Games was the publisher. Um, deck nine? No, Deck something. I can't remember the name. They were the old developer. Okay. There is a new developer now called Hexworks who have made this new Lords of the Fallen still published by CI Games. Mm -hmm. It's the same publisher, different developer. And yeah, they've basically copied Dark Souls. Deck and 13. Deck 13. Again, unlucky. Mm. Um, so it's kind of fine. In some ways, it's quite fun. If you like Dark Souls, if you like Souls-likes. Do you like Souls-likes? I do very much. And Lords of the Fallen fits the bill. It felt weirdly comforting to play it. It felt very familiar. I picked up the controller. I knew exactly what the controls were. I rushed through the training because I knew what everything was. And because it just feels exactly the same. So in some ways, that's really good. And it's something I would recommend to people who like Dark Souls and who like Souls-likes. The problem is, for me, is that if you're going to make a Souls-like and you're going to copy what FromSoft have done you kind of have to do something different. Otherwise, what's the point? And playing this, I just thought, I'd much rather go and play Dark Souls. Mm. Like, I'd really like to play Dark Souls 3 again, or maybe I'd like to go and play Elden Ring again. And this just didn't really do enough that's different for me. Um, you're always going to be compared back to the original, and the original is always going to have that certain amount of clout because it's the original. It came up with the ideas in the first place. And that's not to say that other developers can't improve on it you know if lords of the fallen was like the most stunningly beautiful game and it had loads of new ideas and it did the old ideas even better i'd be like you know what they've outdone mm. from soft 
And I have no qualms with saying that, but they absolutely haven't <laughs> because it just it's just not as good as Dark Souls. And that came out 12 years ago. So you say it's a Dark Souls clone, but you mean a Dark Souls 1 clone, is it? Yes. It, it And it, it feels like it's copied a lot of the, the bad things about the genre that people that other people have improved on or changed mm. you know just things like having really annoying platforming where i mean you've played elden ring like how do you jump in elden ring i can't remember exactly there's no jump button i mean there is but it's just awkward yeah and the original dark souls had that as well all the dark souls games have had that that doesn't mean it's a good thing that doesn't mean you copy it mm. like you have platforming but do it differently um or just really cheap um, difficulty. Um, it, to me, it started off really easy. I beat almost every boss first time at the start. Like, well, and I'm not saying that. I watched that person that you took quite a while on. Well, what the flying one at the beginning? Yeah. Okay, she's the best boss. She's the first boss, and she's the best one. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. The first, very first time I played it. No, no, no. The one that was in the the one that you then switched to one to two handed, and destroyed them. Oh, that one. Okay, so, fine, I will go back a step. <laughs> I played the game a couple of times. I first played it on PC, and yes, a couple of bosses, the first couple took me a couple of times. But then when I started it again, because mm. I then moved to PlayStation to, to test it on there, and I continued on PlayStation, uh, which we'll get to. And yes, okay, I knew what I was doing, but I could do that first time. Mm. But then all the bosses, literally the next like six, seven bosses, I did them all first time. Wow. Like, they were not I did hard. not see this, folks, by you, the way. You didn't. But I promise you I did. Um, and that's because most of them are just human enemies that just look the same. They have very obvious telegraphing of, oh, I'm going to pull back my weapon and now I'm going to swing it at you. So you're like, oh, just dodge, mm. hit you, done, dead. Like, I just didn't find it hard at all. But then the difficulty just goes towards mm. the end. And the second half of it is such a slog. And it's just really cheap of, oh, there's a corner here. I wonder what, yep. An enemy is going to run out and push me off a cliff. Great. Thanks for that. Um, there's just lots of that. Or you're running along and, oh, this bridge collapses. Of course it does. Now I'm dead. Or you you fight a boss and you're thinking, okay, this is a cool boss fight. This is cool. I'm, I'm fine. I did it first time, but that's fine. And then literally the immediate area, that boss suddenly becomes a regular enemy. Now that's something that the Souls games have done all the time. You know, you have a boss at the beginning of the game. And then that becomes a regular enemy towards the end of the game. And I don't like that. I think it's really cheap. And I think it means that boss loses its identity because it's not a unique occurrence. Mm. It's just repeating the same design. A bit like, actually, I've had that recently because I will talk about it in a sec, I'm sure. But I'm playing Elden Ring and there's the metal head. What's his name with the pumpkin, the metal pumpkin on his head? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then because he is the he's a boss right at the start near the poison area with the woman that sells you magic, right? Yep. And then all of a sudden he's just wandering around. He's on a bridge. I found him outside a castle. He's everywhere. Yeah. There are sort of, I guess, mini bosses and story yeah. bosses. So mini bosses, they kind of repeat. Again, I don't... Again, I can sort of forgive it in Elden Ring because it's a big open world game that they need to fill it with stuff. So mm -hmm. there's going to be a bit of repetition. But if it's a more linear game, like, like the original Dark Souls and Lords of the Fallen... Don't just repeat enemies, especially when I've literally just killed it. Mm. And then immediately afterwards, there's suddenly loads of them. And I'm like, that that's just cheap to me. That's unimaginative. Like, come up with a better design. Um, so stuff like that. 
yes, the original Dark Souls did these things, but that doesn't mean you have to copy them. And I feel like from, I'm, now I'm just ranting, but like, Go for it. I feel like FromSoft have proved themselves that it's possible to take a formula and iterate on it mm. and make it better. Like to me, you know, Dark Souls kind of is an improvement on Demon Souls, which really Demon Souls is what originated the genre because that's what came up with the high difficulty and the, the losing your souls and that kind of stuff. Dark Souls improved on it by making it this looping world design that loops back on itself and, and rather than it being separate levels like Demon Souls. Mm. And then Bloodborne came along and to put a twist on combat and change the setting into different things. Sekiro came along, made it more stealthy, made it more parrying based. Elden Ring then comes and makes it fully open world. So FromSoft have taken this formula and they've iterated on it themselves. And so what's to stop other developers doing the same thing? Nothing. But developers seem content to say, right, we're just going to take the very first Dark Souls game and copy it. Mm. No, that's boring to me. That's that's really lazy and unoriginal. Now, that's not to say that Lord, uh, Lord, I was about to say Lord of the Rings, Lords of the Fallen doesn't have its own ideas. It does. The main one being a dual world. Yeah. So you start in Axiom, which is the world of the living, mm -hmm. and then you go to Umbral, which is the world of the dead. And you have the Umbral Lantern that you can shine to sort of peer into the other world to find secrets. You can use it to pull the souls out of enemies to kill them. And you can travel to the world of the dead instantly. But you can only travel back at certain points. And that's a really cool idea. Like it's dual worlds. And it sort of makes good use of technology as well. Because that's a really hard thing to pull off. And they don't quite manage it to be honest. But it's a really cool idea. But they just don't push it far enough. Um, ultimately the sort of puzzles between the two worlds tends to be oh, there's a big pool of water in front of me. I wonder where, where I should go. And then you travel to the world of the dead and the pool of water disappears and there's a path underneath. Great. Or I'm walking along a bridge. There's a dead end. So you go to the world of the dead and, oh, the bridge extends because it's like this sort of bio-horror, like mm. piles of bodies and, and skeletons and all this kind of stuff. So suddenly there's a big skeleton walkway. Like, okay, I can follow that. Great. But there's no like back and forth of, sort of puzzle solving or, or anything like that. And I get it. It's not a puzzle game, but why shouldn't it be? That would make it different. Mm -hmm. And they just feel content to copy the souls thing. It's just that you occasionally flick to a different world. Now the other world has some other cool things with it. Um, it has those of respawning enemies, which are very helpful for grinding. Mm -hmm. And also if you spend too long in the world of the dead, then there's like a sort of your dread rises. So yeah, I yeah I remember playing that you played game. It at Gamescom. Yeah, I played at Gamescom, and yeah, I stayed too far, oh, too long in the world of the dead or the Umbral world, and then this random red person appeared out of nowhere and killed it's like me a in one hit. Grim Reaper with a sign. Yeah, did yeah. you manage to kill that Grim Reaper? I actually never bothered, but it is possible. Yeah. Um, I I think I fought him a bit later on, and actually did quite well against him, but then realised I still wasn't quite strong enough, so just run. Yeah, <laughs> just run. Um. So that's quite a cool idea, but I just don't feel like they build on it enough. And so for me, that's not enough of a differentiator um, between this and Dark Souls. So it's kind of a perfectly fine imitation of Dark Souls. If you like Souls Likes games, then by all means, go play it. The thing that really, really knocked it down for me is performance. Oh my God. I was, yeah, I was watching you play this and I could not, 
Like, I'm a real stickler, and that was just unplayable. Yeah, it was unplayable in places. Um, and it's a difficult thing to bring into a review because... It's and it's also interesting. At the end of the day, for me, the blame here is on the developer and the publisher for for clearly not having the game code ready in time. Because I will tell you that throughout the review period, which was a week before release, there were constant updates. Um, well, tell us what happened because you first didn't get a code. I for have PlayStation, I have you? played this game five times, <laughs> or at least I played the beginning five times. I played the, I played it once at Gamescom. I played it once on PC because I was given PC code first. Mm -hmm. um, so I played it on PC and my PC was just not good enough to run it. It's behind me. It is a few years old. It's not the best. So it could run it on low settings. And I thought that's not fair. Like I can't, I can't play this game on low settings when mm. it's meant to be this beautiful world. But it you was also playable. ran it a bit on Steam Deck as well. Yes, briefly, <laughs> which also didn't really help. Um, then I moved to PlayStation. Because I, I, a few days you... later, I got a console code, which was PlayStation, mm. not Xbox. That wasn't offered. Um, to anybody so there are no review. there are no reviews on Xbox, and they've already said that the day one patches were were late. On I think they're out now. It was like it was only about twelve but hours. They were, late, but they yeah. were a bit late on Xbox. Um, so I played it again on PlayStation, and I played it for a few hours. But it seemed different to the PC build, which was a little bit confusing, and it didn't run very well. So after a few hours, there was a patch, which was a very hefty patch, and it erased my save file. So I had to start it again. Time number four. How, but you'd played for quite a few hours then, hadn't you? I uh, played a good three, four hours, yeah. So then I was playing it again um, for the fourth time, and there was no sound. So there was a weird bug where there was just no sound. <laughs> um, that was eventually fixed. Um, I later played it at the beginning um, a few days later, which was purely just to test a different class. I wanted to test a magic class. So I played the beginning just then. So that was five times. But the main playthrough was, I guess, the fourth time of mm. me of me starting it. And throughout the week, there were constant updates. Now, every update improved things. So they have improved it from the original experience. You know, they fixed that sound bug. There were fra major frame rate issues that were fixed. So if you play it now, it's going to be a hell of a lot better than the experience that I had reviewing it. So... It's Although, just a I mean, difficult it's... thing when it comes to mm. reviewing it because from what I played, I can't like it's I can't justify reviews on Steam and is like yeah the, the like the reviews on Steam are mixed and it's saying that people with like a forty ninety rig are still getting stutters as well. So yeah, and and I had a that's on PC where you kind of think well people have different builds so maybe yeah. that might affect it. On a console, you're thinking, well, everyone's got the same, so surely it should just mm. run as it should run. Yeah. And it was, it just did not run well for me. And I just felt like, in places, this is unplayable. The frame rate was so bad, and I thought, I can't, I can't recommend that people go and spend sixty quid on this experience that is unplayable. Yeah. Now, like I say, that has since been fixed. Um, right up to you know day one, they were still patching it. It is better. But by that point, I'd written the review and it was out. Yeah, and it makes because you worry I... about what like the crunch was like there as well. Because if they're pushing, putting out these patches well, like exactly. all day and night. Exactly. I worry for the developers having to work over that weekend and, yeah. and whatever to try and get it done in time. But clearly that wasn't managed well. And the codes were clearly given out maybe too early. And maybe the review should, the, the release date should have been pushed back a bit to make sure that that was done in time. I mean, you know, that's easy for me to sit at home and say, but... Um, I, I've been looking at some of the comments on Eurogamer and one of them was like, well, Dark Souls had bugs as well. I mean... But it, it you did... Like, Dark Souls honestly, had bugs. Elden Ring had bugs. But, like, at least... Okay, like, my experience of playing 
say Elden Ring on a PlayStation ran pretty well. Yeah. Um, yes, there's the odd glitch, and I know that on PC it didn't run very well at the beginning, and it's been patched since and improved. But this was, I could still play that. Lords yeah. of the Fallen was literally unplayable, and there's yeah, you just had to no like run way through areas, didn't you? I was just I gave up trying to fight through it because I thought I just want to get through and get to the next checkpoint, basically bonfire equivalent. I just ran through it, and it was just stuttering the whole way. Um, I can't recommend that to people. Um, and it's a difficult thing because that's going to be a lot better now. So people who play that now won't have that experience that I had, but I can only review what's in front of me and, oh, yeah. and it wasn't good. And it's um, annoying because it came out and there's loads of these people that are really looking forward to it. And I understand, you know, it's a souls like game and people are really excited about it. So they look forward to it and they expect that it's going to be pretty good because you know, there's been a lot of hype. The PRs brilliant at it. Um, and the then, marketing has been amazing, but they've also fantastic. made it look a lot better than it is. Yeah. Which they've done. And then these so the people were obviously really excited. And then outcome reviews, and a lot of them were, I think it was getting like seven, eight out of tens. And then yours came out, which was a two out of five, which it's annoying because a two out of five to me is a lot, is not as bad as a four out of ten. Like to me, a four out of ten mm. is like, wow, they've gone all the way down there to four to because it's bad. Whereas to me, you know, a three out of five is average. A two out of five is, you know, poor. Um, and like it sounds like it, and seeing you play it, it looked poor. But so many people were, yeah, were saying, oh, this person probably didn't get past the first boss. Oh, this person doesn't like Souls games. And and I just wanted, I really wanted to be like, just look at the clip because you posted a clip on Twitter. I did of the of the frame rate. But I also feel like now it. The great thing about the review coming out literally the day before the game did was that it took about a day for people to. Well, for you to for your review to be justified and people to start saying, "Hey, the performance on this is terrible," and literally every single tweet that's come out by Lords of the Fallen, a lot of the comments are like, "Fix the game, fix the game," and it was mostly negative. The reviews on Steam for a while. I mean, now they're mixed, but it's none of them are going to go back to you and apologize for of calling you all names under the sun because you dared to criticize a game that they had high hopes for that they had not played and you had played. Yeah. But instead, what they'll do is they'll attack the people that gave it an 8 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10 and be like, hey, why did you give it such a high score when it's pretty much unplayable? Or at least it's... I mean, people... you It was literally unplayable what you were playing. But people, I think a lot of, especially PC gamers... And I, no, actually, I'm not going to say just PC gamers because I think console gamers as well. They have a very a much higher level of... Uh, like, a much higher standard of what a game is that's playable. Whereas you, you'll brute force through it. You know, even if it is stutters a bit like that, you can still play it. But if a person's got a PS5 and then they're spending £60 on this and they're getting it and it's stuttering, like they're not going to be happy. Yeah. Right I mean, so. people people moaned at me because because I dared to criticise the performance, which I think is pretty obvious. Like, if a game doesn't perform well, I, I can't recommend that. No. The rest of it, yeah. I'm that, glad you, I'm really glad you didn't, because I think that's, that, when I'm playing a game, I'm also someone that has is a real stickler for performance. And yeah. I think if a review is saying like, yeah, this runs pretty badly on a PlayStation. I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. The rest of the stuff, that, I mean, people moaned at me to say like, of why you, you know, you're comparing it to Dark Souls. That's not a bad thing. Or, you know, why does it have to be original? Why can't it just be a copy? And, you know, that's cr critiquing the game design. That's completely subjective as to just what you like and what you don't like. Funny enough, it's a review. So of course it's subjective. And that's just my opinion that, I, I, I value originality. If you can come up with a, an original idea, mm -hmm. to me, that's more exciting than just taking the template of someone else and 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 copying it. 
Now, if you're going to take that comp uh, that template and make it better and improve on it, then by all means, like that's absolutely worthy of praise. Mm. In my opinion, this just doesn't improve on Dark Souls in any particularly meaningful way. And therefore, yeah, it's going to be compared back and it's going to be inferior. And I'm going to critique it for that, I'm afraid. You were saying that like, a lot of the enemies are kind of like, oh, they're going to swing back and hit. Was that the bosses or just the generic enemies? Because what were the bosses like? Because that's one thing that Dark Souls and Souls-like games and, and to an extent Liza uh, Pi-P Liza P do uh, really well is like a variety in bosses. So I saw an interesting comment on Reddit, oh. which was the review threads for Lord of the Fallen. And there was a comment underneath it that was saying there are two types of Souls players. There are the Souls players that like the high difficulty and that like the challenge of bosses and combat. And there are the Souls players that really appreciate the exploration and the level design and... I guess particularly the open world of Elden Ring, and that's brought in a load of new people because that's they me. like exploring and discovery. Yeah. Um, and maybe they get frustrated being against a boss again and again, where the first type of player is like, no, I'm stubborn, I'm going to beat it, I'm, and they want to get through it. Um, I appreciate both sides of that. Yeah, I like grinding I, to make it easier, but I prefer it to be a bit more interesting. Whereas Elden Ring, you've got so many places you can go and grind and, and explore yeah. rather than... Rather and then attempt the boss a bit later when you're a much you know in a better way in a better stance. That's yeah. for me is is my kind of thing. I appreciate both of those things. I'd say I'm probably a bit of both. Like I like the challenge. I enjoy when there's a boss that you actually have to think about and it challenges you. You know, if a boss you kill it in three hits first time, okay, you feel powerful, but you know that that's just because you were a high level or you had a good weapon. It wasn't your skill. Yeah. Um, I want my skill to be tested. But I also appreciate good level design and I appreciate that sense of exploration of, you know, and it's that thing in Dark Souls where you've been exploring all around like three different areas and then you open a door and you suddenly realize that's a shortcut to somewhere you've been before. And you're like, oh, I know where I am now. That's really cool. Yeah. Dark Souls is great at that. Um, I feel like to satisfy those two types of player, Lords of the Fallen doesn't really succeed in either, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, when it comes to combat, Combat is actually really good. The, the controls are tight. It feels good. It feels responsive. They've done a great job there. Um, but enemies, like regular enemies, are just repeats constantly. Mm. So th there's not that many different types. And it tends to be very cheap placement or cheap attacks. Like they literally will just push you and you go flying off a cliff or something like that. The actual bosses, I don't think, are very interesting. So many of them are sort of humanoid enemies. Are they lords? Do you, yeah. to, do you have to fight the lords? You do have to fight lords. Oh. Um, well, kind of. Um, I mean, go experience the story for yourselves if, if you want to. No, I'm good. Um, it's just lots of sort of, oh, I'm a knight in an armor and this one's got a spear and this one's got a sword or, you know, this is a sort of magic-y, witchy character or whatever um, that just feel very predictable. Mm. And it's not to say that every enemy has to be like a, weird grotesque monster mm -hmm. um sometimes they're sometimes it's really cool fighting against a human um so yeah. I'm, I'm not knocking it for that but it's just very similar things again and again and like i said before it then just repeats those bosses as regular enemies mm -hmm. so you have this cool sense of occasion of walking in and oh here's a boss fight in this cool arena and okay this feels really exciting mm -hmm. but then when you just see that enemy again it just you've lost that unique sort of flavor that that boss yeah. had so I don't feel like it really satisfies when it comes to combat. In terms of exploration, 
it definitely has some good level design that loops back on itself. There are shortcuts, all that kind of stuff. It does that really well. But I just feel like the environments themselves are just really uninspired. It's just ticking off like, oh, here's a rickety cliff. Here's a town on fire. Here's a poison swamp that obviously I got lost in for bloody ages. Um, like it all looks, you know, here's a decrepit castle. Here's a snowy area. It just feels like it's it's stuff that you've seen before mm. and it's not done any better. Um, the dark sort of dead world is, a, like I said before, is a cool idea, but it looks the same no matter where you are. So you've got all these different areas that are just soulsy cliches that are lots of greys and browns. Um, it's done in Unreal Engine 5. It's meant to be this sort of amazing new gen, amazing looking Souls-like. And it's got some beautiful vistas at times and some really nice lighting. But on the whole, it's just very grey and brown, which just makes it really miserable to walk through. And I just found it quite a depressing game. Mm. Um, even even Dark Souls has moments of sunlight and, and levity, and this just doesn't. It just feels really miserable in this sort of constant sense of dread that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm just exhausted playing this. Um, but yeah, the Dark World is then, the World of the Dead is just grey. It's just the same everywhere. So it's kind of cool, mm. but it, it just looks the same. So I don't feel like there's enough variety to make you feel like, oh, I can't wait to see what's next because you kind of already know what's coming. Yeah. So whether you like combat, whether you like exploration, I just, I feel like it misses the mark on both of them, unfortunately. Somebody said that they were looking forward to playing it because, you know, it's been such a long time since um, a Dark Souls, like since uh, From Software released their Dark Souls-esque games. I mean, Elden Ring obviously was last year. Um, yeah, I think Dark Souls Three was a few years before that. It was, and it'll be a while, I imagine. Well, there'll be the Elden Ring DLC, um, but surely, I mean, I've I would hundred percent as well. But I haven't played Lords of the Fallen. But you'd recommend Lies of P instead? Yeah. So that's the thing is that Lies of P and Lords of the Fallen have come out within a month of each other, mm. and everyone is going to be comparing them because they are basically doing the same thing of taking the Souls games and remixing them into something, into a new game. But Liza P, for me, does what Lords of the Fallen doesn't. And that's that it feels a bit more unique. Mm. Um, both games sort of cherry pick a bit from Bloodborne and a bit from Sekiro as well. Liza P, I think combat-wise, plays a bit more like Sekiro. That There's a, there's a much bigger em emphasis on parrying, or perfect blocking, yeah. they call it. There's a bigger emphasis on that which stops you from just, I think people call it turtling, where you just sit behind a shield the whole time. Oh, um, yeah. You know, you have to be a bit more aggressive. It also has some some new ideas. It has the whole weapon swapping thing. Mm -hmm. So every weapon, apart from the boss weapons, have a blade or the sort of main weapon and a handle, and you can mix and match to sort of create new weapon styles, which is a really cool idea. I haven't quite i think i'm maybe a third through it i think maybe um i don't think i'm quite far enough to have had enough opportunities to to, sw to switch them out but that's a cool idea also it just really leans into its setting mm. um and this pinocchio story i don't know the original pinocchio story particularly but from what people have said while i've played it on stream who do know the story they've taken that original story and then sort of twisted it into a soulsy way mm. so a lot of it is kind of obvious souls things you expect that they've just given a sort of puppety twist on but i like that they've really gone for that style they've really gone for that setting they've really leaned into it it's also gorgeous and the performance is like exquisite the performance yeah. is faultless 
Um, there's been I've not seen a single thing. Yeah, and again, combat is really responsive and tight, and the controls are great. Um, it just and and I feel like the bosses have been a I bit looked, more interesting. So far, oh yeah, there were, I, I've only fought two or three major bosses, but like the first guy, the circus. Uh, what's the circus guy? What's he called? Like the um... I can't remember what the bosses are even called. To be honest, oh but... I can't remember his name. He's like yeah, he's the like the circus. Um, I don't know the the, the ring master or something mm. like that. I think he's called circus master or something like that, or ring master. Um, he was really good fun. It was interesting because I was playing. I played it the first time and then forgot a bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a different build because uh, you can choose the three different ways. And mm -hmm. I went heavy first. And I was like, you know what? I actually prefer light. So then I went and replayed it light and absolutely demolished him that second. Well, it took me like two times, but it was just completely much, completely different to the first time I fought it. Um, and then there's that electric one that comes at you. That's mm -hmm. like this giant like animal type thing. Yep. And yeah, they they are unique. They're not the type of things that you're going to see wandering around. I mean, it'd be bizarre if you did, but they were just these big epic. And they're all puppets as well. Yeah. And the thing is, is that because of that setting... It's not just, oh, here's another dark, twisted fantasy full of knights and dragons mm -hmm. and weird monsters. It's like, okay, what kind of twisted puppet vision are you going to give me now? Yeah. So everyone feels different. And I feel like I haven't seen that kind of boss design before, at least visually. Yeah. And it feels I haven't seen that before. faster as well. Like I've got a kind of a grappling gun type mm -hmm. thing. So when I see an enemy, if it's a smaller enemy, I can just literally grab them, yoink them, yoink them over to me and then start attacking them. Yeah. Then I think you can level that up so it can do various things when you, for example, I think one of them is that you can electrocute them as soon as you bring them to you. And there's all these other different types yeah. of, uh, you know, of things that you can change. And I think also as well, you level it up. And if you attach, if you use it against a big boss, you'll zap straight to the boss. Like if it's a heavy enemy. So, so that kind your... of thing just makes it more fun to play. It's just such a fun game to play. That's your Legion arm, which is, is your left arm, really which has lots of different, yeah, has lots of different sort of add-ons. So you can choose. So you've gone for the grappling hook. I've got a sort of electric charge pulse thing that does yeah. loads of damage, which is really cool. Um, there are lots of different versions and that is very Sekiro. That's taken from Sekiro where yes. um, the character has the left hand with the different abilities. I think, well, so, how far in Sekiro did you get? Uh, I think we, do we still... think maybe a third or so. Yeah, I only beat the cavalry dude. Yeah, I got beyond that, yeah. Yeah. Did you so, beat the butterfly lady? No, I heard... Well, I actually stopped because someone said that the next boss was the butterfly lady and she took most people like five hours to go, uh, to have a go at. She's so, a tricky boss, yeah. So I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I but, managed to get her and I got a bit after that and then there was another previous boss that I'd missed mm. that I just kept trying to do and I, it was annoying me. But no, I really, really enjoyed Sekiro and that was mainly one of the things is that you, it's all about like... Yeah, parrying and it's all speed but the problem is with that you can't or maybe it isn't a problem i was gonna say the problem is that you can't grind to make things easier but actually when you were saying it earlier like you know then that if you beat it it's your skill mm. there was a, a there's a i think you go to the little castle area uh near the beginning ish or a courtyard and there's some kind of larger general in there and i think i went around and picked off the others one by one but then you have to fight this kind of general one-on-one -on -one. and i remember he took well, 10 or 15 tries because I was like, no, I need to get these perfect parries in. I wasn't going for kind of cheap shots. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I finally beat him, it was like, oh, wow, this feels brilliant. Yeah. Fortunately, you respawned when you die. So it's like, oh, at least I killed him that one time. Um, but it was, and I got something from it. But yeah, no, that's, that is a, that is a game where you do feel genuinely that you have achieved something when you do beat a boss. Yeah. I think the one thing that lets Liza P down a bit is that, its environments aren't quite as interesting. I think the level design 
doesn't loop back on itself as much as Dark Souls does and therefore Lords of the Fallen. Um, I feel like it's quite linear. It's quite an obvious path. Um, and there might be the odd little shortcut here and there and, and a few secrets, but mm. it feels like the design is quite linear. It's not like um, a labyrinth kind of. Yeah. All connected. So I think the, the areas feel quite cool, like visually. I don't feel like the level design is as intricate. Mm. It might get better as I go through. Um, Lords of the Fallen does have that. It, it has a sort of looping back on itself kind of feel, which I do actually really like in Lords of the Fallen. That's one thing it does do well. Um, I just feel like Lies of Peers is a better game. It's It performs better. It, it I think the combat is a little bit more different. Um, I think it, it just has its own sense of style and its own sense of identity. So it stands out, even though it's a Souls-like. Mm -hmm. And yes, gameplay-wise, it is taken from those games. It just stands out more. It feels a bit more unique. And I, I personally just really value that. So if people like Souls games, I would recommend that they give Lies of P a go and only give Laws of the Fallen a go if you really, really loved Dark Souls and you're desperate for Dark Souls 4, mm. then that will it will scratch that itch for you. But I still just don't think it's as good as what FromSoft have done themselves. When you say it's like Dark Souls 4, would you say that this is as good as Dark Souls 3? Well, Laws of the Fallen? Yeah. It's not as good as any of the Dark Souls. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, no, you said it's like, this is Dark Souls 4, as if to say that's an improvement. No, 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 it's just there was Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, yeah, so they haven't okay. yet made a Dark Souls 4. No. I don't know if they ever will. Maybe they're just going to stick with that trilogy. Mm. They'll probably move on and just make Elden Ring, a, you know, the future now. Yeah, um, I'm down for that. But if people really it. wanted a Dark Souls 4, then Lords of the Fallen sort of slides into that gap. But I just don't think it's as good as the games it's trying to be. Mm. Well, okay. well, you've also played Elden Ring, finally. Yeah, so I, well, a year late. I've played... I've. So I played Elden Ring on release on PS5 and I got to, I beat Renala. Um, that's as far as I got. And then I've, yeah, I've restarted it recently because I was going to, so obviously I worked for Great Almond Street and we had, um, and we've got Stream It Beat It on at the moment, fundraising for the Children's Cancer Centre. And one thing I've done and it's all, it's all gone through and it's all active now is, but now the charity is available as one to pick on crowd control. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's a way that, viewers of streams can interact or can um they can impact the game by donate so i think you get coins by donating to the charity and you use those coins to interact with the game that the stream is playing um and one of the games is elden ring so you can like summon melania 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 melania, melania. Mel who's melania yeah. no melania's donald trump's wife yeah 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 so far i haven't seen that mod yet but yeah you can summon like a swarm of rats and things like that immediately so there's so many cool things you can add hit points you can destroy their weapon you can you know you can change their attribute levels you can change gender like there's all these different things that people can use then spend their coins on which is just brilliant um so i was like you know i'm gonna start elden ring because this is a game i'd love to do crowd control on because i'm i'm not the best gamer um, i enjoy playing games like elden ring uh dark souls less so because i don't like having to repeat the same area again and again i much prefer just having a lot of space and i think elder ring's really good at if you're going to fight a boss you can find a campfire really close to it mm. um, which is also one thing annoying in elden ring there was the boss in the mines at the very beginning you know there's the mine boss yep i didn't realize that the bonfire or a whatever they're called a uh, grace site of grace really close to that actual boss I didn't realize there was one. And I remember running through a lot of that uh, level each time I was trying to fight that boss. 
But luckily I beat him on like the third go this time. Um, but yeah, so I decided to go and load that again and play it so that when crowd control was activated, which it has now, I could then go and continue with it. But I've just found out apparently I can't continue my save file. So I'd have to create a new one. Um, oh. Which is annoying. fine because I love the game. It's really good fun. And I played, well, <laughs> I said if anybody donates £100, I'll play as a wretch. So I played as a wretch because uh, I think it might have been Sidious and somebody else uh, donated. So thank you so much for that. But honestly, playing as a wretch was great. Like it was yeah. really, it was weird because the obviously you've just got a club. So you're like clubbing people to death. But you have, like the club requires so little stamina that you just go and you can kill them before they even can react. Like you don't run out of stamina whatsoever. Um, and then you can kind of level up. And it does mean the first hour or two is a lot more grindy than... It is maybe if you you start off because I think the the game starts you off level ten, but if you're a wretch you're level one. Mm -hmm. But then obviously you don't have the the ability points, but then you can be very specific at where you put them. Yeah. Um. So that you just spend the first hour or two kind of grinding, and then you can put those points exactly where you need them. Um. So yeah, within a couple of hours, your your wretch is you know actually better than a starter character. So yeah, no, I did that. I beat the, I beat. Um, Margaret, and then I beat uh, Godric. Mm -hmm. And one thing I noticed, which I didn't notice the first time, was that there's quite a bit of lore in it and story, and you can get characters that help you with the main bosses. And actually, it's quite good if you get these characters that help you with the main bosses that you summon. Not real people summons, but character summons, because they have something to say, and they, they have a, a reason why they want to help you, and then they can do it, and then you can talk to them afterwards. And mm -hmm. so... It's weird. It's weird that getting the help actually is better for the story um, than just going and fighting it, you know, for yourself. Yeah. But I'm, I just, I really love it. I was playing on PC and it runs like butter, absolute butter. What, what has, I mean, you said before that you enjoyed it when you played it last year, mm. but you, you seem a lot more into it now than you were last year. So what's changed? I think I, I think I did enjoy it last time I played it, but. I was I spent ages and I think I dropped off when I was desperately trying to hunt down one of those seeds that you can go and respec mm -hmm. because I had no idea about this is my first proper Souls like game. I mean I played Sekiro a bit um and I played Dark Souls a few times but I had no idea what all these kind of the B ranking C rankings of weapons and strength and dexterity. I didn't really know what all that was about. So I kind of just put them in being like oh strength yeah I probably want to be quite strong and I didn't kind of focus it on my weapons i did the exact same thing so my my first souls like was demon souls which was the first one on back on ps3 so years ago and i did the same thing because i didn't click with the level up system yeah and yeah it is essentially i was thinking oh strength i need to be strong or oh, i need to be dexterous um oh and maybe i want some magic so i'll, I'll have some intelligence yeah and i was so, like my stats were all over the place and i just i didn't realize that until I realized the whole grading thing of, oh, this yeah. weapon is a strength weapon. So you get more of a bonus with with strength. And so you want to like decide what build you want. Exactly. It's like and a it proper does... RPG. It is an RPG. You're building. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're being a role. You're creating your character as a specific role. And you need to then create the stats that match that. Yeah. You so, can't be a, a fancy knight with a, a wand. I mean, there's maybe a build for you that. Can be. But yeah, but, you certainly can but be. You can't be a jack of all trades. Yeah. And I think once I realized that in demon souls i started again and then got way more into it and got much much further and was like ah now i get it 
And every single game, including Liza P and Lords of the Fallen, has the exact same level up system. Yeah. So once that clicks with you, that will that will help you for every single Souls game. I fell off Demon Souls, but I'm like, yeah, you know, actually, I could probably do better now in Demon Souls if I know exactly what I'm looking for. And I, the thing is, like, I found a weapon, and I'm like, you know what? I don't want any other weapon. I just want to upgrade this one, and I want to stick with this one and build my entire build around this one weapon, which is the Bloodhound Fang. If anybody's wondering. Yep. But that's, that's the way to play it. That's, you know, people, you know, I guess the I'll, first time through, you don't know what weapons yeah. there are. But then once you find one, you're like, this is cool. Now I'm going to respec and rebuild my uh, my character around it. And Elden Ring allows you to do that in a way that previous games haven't, or they've made it a lot more difficult to respec. And anybody that donated over £10 uh, got a spin of the wheel. And one of the spin of the wheels was like no armor. So I had to go through an area with absolutely no clothes on whatsoever, um, except my little tiny lights yeah but the other one was to change your weapon or the person the the person can choose the weapon so it landed on that and someone went through it and they're like a whip get the whip so i was like sure and this is me going through stormvale castle mm -hmm. so i was for the first time being like oh god and then i've gone from having the bloodhound fang plus two and you know really focused on my dexterity to a whip which is luckily also dexterity and, and strength and uh it was actually really good fun there's a lot of there's a lot of um oh my gosh what's the term there's a lot of distance for a whip mm -hmm. whereas obviously with a sword you have to be quite close but a yep. whip you can you can whip a bird Watch. out of the air and yep. it felt really good to play actually um it wasn't as strong anyway it wasn't anywhere near as strong as my bloodhound fang so i went back to it after the 20 minutes or whatever but yeah that was quite cool to play something different and i can imagine why people find it in enjoyable to go through multiple times or at least to kind of respec and then just try different things and different builds because it's uh, it plays completely different. And I've never ever done a magic class. Like I've never done a magic I class. I wouldn't recommend it. On Elden Ring. <laughs> no. It's a bit boring. Um, so I always go for magic um, in every, not just Souls, like just fancy games in general. Like, you know, Baldur's Gate, I wanted to be a mage. Um, yeah. I just, I always like See, magic. I, don't. I just think it's cool. Um, and magic is... It has a reputation in Souls Likes for being the easy mode because you can just stand from a distance and just spaff spells at people, basically. You yeah. Um, and you know, in some games, yeah, that is easier. I I found in Demon Souls, I played that as a mage, and I I found that a lot easier. But then actually, I started that a second time as a melee character, mm. and actually found melee really easy. So I think they're actually quite well balanced. Um, it's just whether you want to keep distance or not. I think for me, the only thing with um, Elden Ring with magic is that I went all in as an astrologer intelligence magic mm. build. And I essentially used pretty much the same spells again and again. Now you get loads of different ones, but not all of them are actually that useful because it takes quite a long time to like wind up before you mm. actually do the spell. So you have to time it right. And that's the difficulty with it. It's not just bam, 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 bam. You know, a sword swipe is a lot quicker than winding up a spell. Yeah. So actually, you've got to time it right. It's not that easy. But there are certain spells that are very OP that once you get them, it just becomes really boring. Yeah. Um, and I actually really like the the skill of parrying and using the yeah, shield. Yeah, that makes so much more fun And, and all the different, um, what are they called? The, like the skills oh, you the, attach um, them to. Arts, um, yeah, the arts. Ashes and... Yeah, Ashes, Ashes of, of War. War. Yeah. All of oh, those yeah, my Bloodhound that... Fang. So that's another thing as well. Sorry, I didn't realize. Was I? So I never really used my Bloodhound Fang. Because I had Bloodhound Fang in the first playthrough back in the day when I had the PS5. Um, and I think it has been debuffed a bit or nerfed. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been 
playing that, but I don't think I ever really used the Ashes of War on it. And I didn't realize how cool it was. So you literally you attack, then you jump backwards. And then if you use the right trigger to do a heavy attack, it doesn't do a heavy attack. It does like a blink. So you you dart straight, at, you become invincible. You you dart forward and you hit it if you're within range. If it's buggered off, then you're a bit screwed. Like there was one boss that was kept running off and it was annoying. But like if you do that, you you do an like an enormous amount of damage, and it just makes things so much more fun. And I'm like now I'm going through this the second time on um, on PC. I'm like th okay, this plays totally different. Like I'm really really enjoying this. And actually, I might end up going back to my PS5 save rather than continue on PC, just because I really enjoy sitting on the sofa playing it. But now I need to really hunt down one of the respec things so that i can actually go and make sure it's exactly how i want it to be but that's the cool thing with elden ring that i think also differentiate as well as the open world differentiates it from the previous ones is that you can respec and every class every type of of character does play so differently you get different weapons and then you get the ashes of war and then you can combine them in different ways so mm. you can have all these different types of builds and that's why people just kept playing it because they really experimented for so long um and uh, I mean, Lords of the Fallen, I used basically the opening armor and sword continuously the entire yeah. time. And I switched around a little bit, but nothing was as powerful as what I had at the very beginning. And magic is a bit weird because you yeah. have, so you have long distance attacks, which even as a non-magic character, you collect um, grenades and things like that. And rather than like having them in stock, you have a little meter at the top and no matter what you choose it, that meter will go down by a certain amount but you have to like press l2 to sort of aim and go into third person mm. shoot mode and then throw your grenades and magic works exactly the same it's just that your mana goes down as opposed to the the long distance meter going down um and i sort of felt like i was almost going around almost like a third person shooter mm. and that third just person didn't or third person third it's all third person oh, okay yeah. um it just felt I don't know, it just felt a bit odd. Um, I wasn't super keen on it, to be honest. Um, but no. they do call Magic Class Advanced in Lords of the Fallen. Okay. Um, so you're playing Elden Ring, you're playing Liza P. Does this mean you're going to play all the other Souls Lights? Can I introduce you to other ones? No, because they, they oh. don't respect my time. I want a game that has... I like it. I love... Oh. I quite like difficult games. Like I, Celeste is a difficult game that is one of my favourite games of all time. But I've said this a million times. I need it so that a save point is nearby. Because if I, if I die to a boss, I want to fight that boss immediately again. I don't want to have to run through a whole level dodging people and then, you know, within the first few seconds, I kind of screw up at the beginning and go, oh, shit. Like in Liza P, the, the circus master guy, the first time I fought him, like 50% of the time he comes darting at you and you try and like dodge or you try and uh, parry or whatever. And if you miss that, which I did a few quite a few times, it's like, oh, well, this runs a bit crap. But there was a save point right outside. So I like Demon Souls where you have to run through the entire level just to get to the boss. I know you unlock shortcuts to make it a bit easier, but it's not. No, I I, I would just rage and be like, you know what? Fuck this. So no. What if I play it with you? No, because that's cheating. Wow. <laughs> you said that, not me. <laughs> no, but I will play. Um, no, I, Elden Ring is probably going to. If I want to finish Elden Ring and Liza P and then the Elden Ring DLC. I'm sure Dark Souls 4 or whatever will be out by the time that finishes. I don't need to go back and play the old games. Fine, I'm going to get you on Bloodborne at some point. Oh, I would l happily play Bloodborne <laughs> if it gets a 60 FPS patch. Oh, don't start with that. Who knows? Maybe I would actually play it. I mean, it's I've become a little bit of a convert of a solid uh, 30 FPS rather than kind of a varied one. And weirdly enough, it was Starfield 
that sold me on that. Interesting. Starfield on Series X, I played the entire thing. 30 FPS, but it was smooth. And I'm like, you know what? That's playable. Totally playable. I'm going to convert you to Souls. It's going to happen. I'm determined. They're, they're really, they're fun. They just feel, they feel great when you beat a boss. Um, luckily, I don't like have a tantrum or scream or shout when I don't. All uh, right. I, I didn't say any names. You were hinting. Did not say any names. Um, but I do scream when I don't get my way in Souls games. You didn't need to say in Souls games. Wow. <laughs> um, all right, then. So that was the end of our Souls and Laws of the Fallen talk. There is another game that you've played and finished that you absolutely adored. And I am also, I played a bit of and I will play more of, I'm sure. You will finish it. I will make sure you finish it. Cocoon. Cocoon. Um, Cocoon is fucking brilliant. It is, I can't remember the guy's name, unfortunately, but it's the same guy that made Inside and Limbo. Okay. So both of those were very atmospheric 2D platformers. Not a film. Not the 1985 drama sci-fi. No, not that. Um, they were very atmospheric 2D platformers, sort of... Yep, Carlson. That's the one. Uh, sort of puzzle platformers uh, that people really liked. Inside especially has a very weird story. Yeah. Um, did you play Inside? Uh, I No, I only played... So I think Limbo's got like 10 levels or something and I did 8 and then stopped. It was wow. a bit grim. It was a bit grim. Um, Little Nightmares was more, in, more my thing. Oh, Okay. Um, Inside, I think, is better than Limbo. Oh, yeah. I think most people have said that. Um, because it's really dystopian and there's this weird, like, body thing at the end which just goes fucking strange. Anyway, mm. he's now made Cocoon, which is very different. It's still a puzzle game, but it is a top-down kind of world. Mm-hmm. And you are playing as this little insect creature. And there's no combat. Yes, there is. Well, there is combat. There's bosses, but they're more like puzzles. That was the one thing that annoyed me. Not annoyed me, but I was playing it being like, oh, this is kind of a fun puzzle game. At least there aren't any bosses. And then I fought one. I was like, oh. And then the second one took me like four or five goes. And I'm like, and you then you came and go, oh, the great thing about it is it gets harder as you go on. And I'm like, oh, do I even care? About well, no, no, no. Okay, I'll get there. Fine. There are bosses, okay? But the bosses are kind of just puzzles. There's no, what I mean is there's no like, small bits of combat it's not like you've got a weapon or a gun it's literally all you all there is one button for the entire game and that is just interact and that's all you ever do is interact the bosses are bosses in the way that i think like celeste bosses are you're not fighting it you're just like dodging or you're kind of timing your jumps and kind of that kind of well you don't even jump no don't do anything the idea behind cocoon is kind of like inception It's worlds within worlds. So you start off in a world and there are these sort of pads on the floor. And when you interact with that, you come shooting out of that world into a world back backwards. And the previous world becomes an orb and you can then move that orb to somewhere else. Um, And maybe that does something in the current world. And then you can jump back into the other world and then you can jump back out again and then you get You've another lost world. everybody i'm afraid yeah i know imagine, I you, imagine you've got it's... like a, a globe you, you know a little globe that used to get you know your geography class and stuff but you can dive into it and it's actually the world but in that world there are also those little globes that you can take and move to different ones and yeah. i don't think you've explained it any I, better no, than i, I did but this is the thing about this game is that we try and it's explain really it. pretentious 
fuck off. <laughs> we try and explain it and it sounds like it's really complicated, but when you play it, it makes complete sense because it starts off slowly and the puzzles, my point that earlier was that the puzzles get progressively more and more difficult. That's because I got stuck and I was getting really And angry. more and more complex, but in a way that makes sense. And so maybe you get stuck on a puzzle early on, but it teaches you something that you maybe didn't quite realize. And then that gets iterated on later again. And by the end of the game, you are literally jumping between four different worlds and manipulating all these different orbs around um, to do different things. And it, 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 it makes sense to you. But if I explain that to you from the beginning, you'll be like, what the fuck does that mean? But in the context of the world, it makes complete sense. So by the end of it, you're like, I feel really clever for solving that, even though it's really complicated. I think it does that because it's really clever at how it slowly doles those things out, but it also blocks off the world around you. So it's not like you mm. you move into an area and the, the world will sort of lock behind you. So you're like, okay, great. I made progress. Now I have to solve this one puzzle in this I appreciated one area. that, yeah, you're not going to go off on a wild goose chase for 20 minutes. No. Like, you know where the puzzle is. You know what you have to do. The puzzle is always right in front of you. Yeah. You just have to work out what it is. Um, yes. And that, the fact that you said that and that doesn't change then for the rest of the game, uh, it's made me more inclined to play it again. Yeah. Because it's not like you've suddenly got to run back through loads of stuff. Like mm. you just keep progressing and progressing. Um, and the game overall is literally about three or four hours. It's really, really short. Oh, I didn't realize it was that short. I'm, I'm like an hour in already. Yeah. I I got almost to the end in one sitting. It's just I was tired and thought, oh, I'll finish it tomorrow. And then I finished it tomorrow in 20 minutes. So I should have just carried on and done it in one go because I was completely sucked into this game. I love the style. It's very minimalist. In terms of gameplay, like I said, it's only one button. But in terms of its visuals, in terms of its music, the sound design is amazing. Um, it, it has almost a kind of shadow of the colossus type vibe like we said there are there are bosses that you have to fight um but in that same sort of minimalist melancholic kind of way you're not exploring an open world it's not that but it just has a similar kind of mournful vibe to it similar also to hyper light drifter which i don't think you've played um but that is a sort uh, of no, top downy zeldery but sci-fi metroidy thing that's really quite horrific mm. Um, but again, is very minimalist and has very sci-fi alien, um, insecty sound design. And that's exactly what Cocoon has. Mm -hmm. So the style of it is just super cool. It's really, really my thing. I think it's more my thing than your thing, but it's just, it's the, definitely Zelda-y, I can see. Like yeah, it's kind of Zelda-y puzzles, but without the combat. You said it was a bit like Tunic and then I immediately hated it. I know. I shouldn't have said that. Um, but it's just, it's a really, really, really clever game. I would love to sit down with a developer and just be like, how did you actually come up with that? How do you plan to make that puzzle? Send because them an it's email, like, get them on swapping joysticks. Sure. Um, Shoot your shot. It's just a really, really clever game. And I think, like I said, if the whole Worlds Within Worlds thing probably seems intimidating to people, but I would say, please just give it a go. I mean, also it's on Game Pass. So if you've got Game Pass, PC or Xbox, I bought just, it. Just go play it. You bought it to play on the Steam Deck. It um, runs like butter, like yeah. absolute butter on there. It is so smooth. It is very, very, I don't know what the frame rate is, but it, yeah. I mean, it looks gorgeous and it runs really, really well as well. Yeah. If you want a clever game that makes you feel clever by the end of it, go and play Cocoon. 
Oh, this is your perfect game. Exactly. It's a dream. You are a game that. that buffs up your intelligence <laughs> and says how clever you are. Any, but anyone can play it. Anyone? Yeah. Okay. Even you, Ben. Okay. Now I was thinking of, well, you know who. You know who you are. Money, money, money. No, I was just being like, oh, you know who you I are. I thought you were it's, calling out someone specific. Well, I did not say any names <laughs> at all there. Some money. <laughs> no. no, there's money, no, there are no innocent NPCs to kill in the game. No, so. exactly. It's just you and some orbs and you just got to get to the end of it. And it's, it's really clever. Okay. Brilliant. Well, that is Cocoon and I will let you know because I'll probably finish it in the next week, especially if it's only three or four hours. In fact, I want to go and play some tonight. Um, Please do. Uh, I, I genuinely think it's going to be like top 10 game of the year. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, from what I've played so far. I mean, if I finish it, it'll be one of like the six games I finished this year. So, I mean, it will have to be in the top 10. Um, yeah. Do you, which do you prefer? Cocoon or Tears of the Kingdom? Find out game of the year. <laughs> end, end of this year, our game of the year podcast will be. Yeah, you can wait for that. can wait for that. Um, but apart from that, I don't think I've been playing anything new. I'm back in Marvel Snap, loving that. I played really, really well on PC. Uh, I was looking on my console. Oh, I did a bit of Alien Isolation. Did I talk about that last time? No. Um, well, you still it, like it? Yeah, it's a brilliant game. It's a brilliant, brilliant game. It's terrifying. It's horrible. It's got, but it has like the right cinematic moments at the right time and the right bit of excitement. It's not just kind of wandering around and dodging. You know, there's this really decent story progression in it. It's, it's a brilliant game. Um, we also played a game yesterday together, didn't we? Did we? Madden NFL oh, 24. So thanks to us reaching a goal for, or thanks to me, well, my campaign reaching a goal for Stream It, Beat It, we played Madden and we were coached by Yuffie and Mr. Yuffie, two American football fans. They are fans of the Baltimore Glitter Eagles um, from somewhere. In America and the, and the Ravens, yeah, the, the uh, Eagles and the Ravens. We had that's right, the Baltimore Glitter Eagles and the uh, I think it's the Stripey Ravens, something like that. I I cannot remember no, at all. It's the the Sand Ravens. It's definitely not Ben. It is, but they were yeah. So we played as them, and I've never ever played American football game in my life. I've never watched an I've never watched a minute of American football. Like not, I don't care about the Super Bowl halftime show. I know everyone goes, "Oh, it's great." I don't care about that. I don't care about the Super Bowl. Never watched it. No interest. They, yeah, so, but ended up really enjoying the the game. So we were being coached on how to play it and what we were meant to do. And I kind of understand it now that you've got four chances. Um, there's a million things I don't understand. Like it's how the, the the amount of things that you cycle through as like what you want your setup to be to get to the next phase or whatever. And like fourth and inches or whatever that is, and like all oh, these are the phrases. I don't, I don't know, know how what they come up mean. with. The, I don't know how they come up with the names. All it is is just so. So I I cover hole. To, oh, I, I remember cover hole. Cover your hole. Yeah. I went to America and and on a school exchange and was sort of taught the basics. Um, no, I don't mean it like that. I just I went we to, went to, I went to Boston, um, and I was taught the basics of 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 how to play the game. So I sort of understand how it works and the strategy of it. And that's the thing is that there's a lot of strategy. It's not just, um, I mean, I guess like soccer, football, proper football, um, you've got, you know, four four two as your mm. formation. Um, 
this just has like a million different combinations of formations, a lot of which are there to sort of psych out your opponents, really. So you have your attack formation mm. and then they have their defensive formation that you hope is going to... And it's just about stopping each other so that one person can run through and you can pass to them. So it's a kind of a lot of mind games. So all those things cycling through, it's just different types of formation. Yeah, and the horrible thing that I found out when I was playing it is that I found it quite interesting and I kind of want to watch one now. Um, I did look at Good. the price of tickets for today for the one. Is it pricey? Well, I clicked on it and it was like a decent area and it said prices from £49.50. And I was like, oh, that's not that's too, not bad, too bad. bad. And then I clicked in it and it went to £89. And I'm like, you said from 49 Why is it now suddenly gone to £89 each? So I didn't bother. I was going to surprise you. Well, I wasn't going to surprise you because you probably said no. Um, if it was today, then no. Yes, I wanted to sit on the sofa and drink tea. Exactly. But next, maybe next year we can go and see him. My, we can my plan older, for it at some point. My older brother would, have, would be delighted because he is really into it. But I could genuinely see myself sitting and watching a game and enjoying it and i might actually do that and learn a bit about it because it's yeah it's, it's not too fast paced as well it's quite nice and relaxing it's really bloody slow yeah you get like 10 seconds of action and then like five minutes of deliberation of oh well what attack formation do we want and then they keep doing pauses in between so matches mm. you've got four quarters of like what 15 minutes or something but actually it takes like four hours to get through it because no one can make a decision so yeah something like that and they have timeouts and things i'm being i'm being purposefully facetious yeah um, and there is a clip though we did we then reached a goal i think it was 100 pounds we raised and we had to play an online game so by the way yeah we did me versus ed and i'd never played it you obviously knew the rules and you took a lead took the lead and then I ended up pretty much annihilating you when I kind of got the hang of what I was meant to be doing. And you were not happy. Nope. At all. And then we went in. So I won. Obviously, the uh, Baltimore Glitter Eagles became the Super Bowl champions. And then, or whatever I was playing as. And then... I think you were the Ravens and I was the Eagles. Okay, the Sand Sorry, Ravens. Sorry, Yuffie. The Sand Ravens. And then we did an online game. And I did the first half, or the first two quarters, which is the first half. And you did the second half that I didn't manage to, I didn't get a single point. Uh, the person who was clearly an expert that we were playing. Yeah, against. we're obviously playing against somebody that knew what they were doing. Um, yeah, completely destroyed me. And then the second half, you scored. I got a, to I got a touchdown. You got a touchdown. And I've very happy. never seen someone scream and jump around. <laughs> I was cheering. There were people, the children crying. It was, oh, it was beautiful. It was a touching moment. We still got absolutely destroyed, like, 48 but seven. we didn't get nil but we did not get no zero zero that's it um but that was ah, that was really good fun I, I enjoyed it and to be honest i've got a seven and a half hours left of the trial maybe i should just keep playing it a little bit and learn it because that's what i did with basketball and nhl because i when i lived in barcelona i needed i needed well barcelona they're obsessed with three things handball football and basketball and handball i didn't really care about so balls balls they love balls in barcelona to be honest that is very true um but the football if you want to go there if you want like the nosebleed seats to see barcelona it's like 120 118 euros a ticket uh unless you go to these bizarre like midweek kind of um copa del rey matches which i did see an amazing one um but so i'd be like okay i'll go to the basketball and the thing is as well the basketball is not attended by tourists whereas the where the barca football club of is of course 
yeah, you sat there and it's literally, pe and I genuinely am not joking that this happened. I was sat next to people who were like, literally with their, they were taking the tags off the scarves and like taking the the t-shirts the out of the bags and stuff so that they could wear it. And then like when there was a goal, like a really big goal, they'd be just sit there and politely applaud. And I'm like, this is not the atmosphere I want. Um, but the tickets, but where all the actual Kool-Aids are, the fans, uh, not the Kool-Aids, very different, the Kool-Aid fans, they are, not the arseholes, they, those tickets are just ridiculously priced, like 200 and something each. Um, but they didn't because they were a socio, a member. So like of the club that they own a share of the club. So it's cheaper for them. So anyway, I was like, you know what? Basketball matches are a lot cheaper. I used to play basketball as a kid, but I've totally forgotten everything. So I Because you're tall. Yeah, so I got myself NBA 2K13, I think it was, or something like that. And um, yeah, taught myself it. I might be, yeah, 14, 15, I don't know. But yeah, taught myself the rules and then went to that. And it was like, yeah, it's just full of really hardcore fans in that stadium. And it's packed out each time, but you can always get a ticket if you're there you know, a few hours before. So... Yeah, just really enjoyed it. So maybe I need to do that with NFL. Also, I loved um, NHL. I, I tried I tried to get into NHL hockey, but you can only really watch it in the UK streamed. And the stream was never a good enough quality that you could actually see the puck. Because the puck's so small. That's true, it is tiny. It is a very, very... You need to see that thing in 4K, otherwise you've no, there's absolutely yeah. no chance. And this was back in the days where streaming... This was before I went to Barcelona. This was 2010, whatever where streaming quality was nowhere near that good, so I had no idea what was happening. Hockey matches are fun. They fight. Yeah, mm. I went to a fight and a hockey match broke out. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the joke. Anyway. Um, let's see what people have been playing, shall we? Yes. Um, I need to open it. So, so we talk, talk we'll talk about... It. Well, we also went to EGX. Um, we did go to EGX. Should we just mention that briefly? Because we didn't really play anything. Oh, we did. We played Mario Wonder. Mario Wonder. 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 Every time. This is going to be... Um, but yeah, I mean, that game is a 10 out of 10, incredibly polished Nintendo, perfect side-scrolling 2D with a huge variety of kind of puzzles and enemies and um, different ways of finishing a level, whatever, just in the few minutes that we played or the 20 minutes that we played. It was it was brilliant. <laughs> like, it's, it's it exactly what you want. It's weird because that comes out the same day as Spider-Man, right? Yes. So this coming Friday is the 20th. Mm. And it's Mario Wonder and Spider-Man 2 on but, the same day. Literally on the same day. But those are the two games that you know. Obviously the flagship games for PlayStation and uh, Nintendo for the whole year. But two incredibly polished. You know what you're going to get. But they're going to do it incredibly well games. It's, it's quite unfortunate they're both coming out at the same time. Because I feel that... The people that want those, they're vote. They there's a lot of overlap. Do you think? I think so. Yeah, our kids love superheroes. True. Mario might have like an average age a little bit lower than. Yeah, I think Mario's than... Mario's a bit more family friendly. But yeah, but I mean, Spider Man is Spider Man. That's like the kid superhero. To be honest, out of all of them. True. Oh, nice. people have been playing. But yeah, what did you think of Mario Wonder? I really liked it. Um, I. I'm excited to play more of it because the whole wonder seed thing is that you collect the flower mm. um, and then it changes the world in some way. And I think that allows for a lot of creativity, but I really want to know how far they push that because it's been quite distinct for each level. And I really hope that they just go really wild with it. Yeah. So, because I think things like Mario Odyssey is really creative 
Um, they come up with some really wild ideas of, of mm. different places to go. Even Barrow Galaxy had that with different, you know, this galaxy. It felt ideas. really creative as well. Like the fact that we had like drill heads that were kind of drilling into the ground and going sideways. And then we had to go like break glass with our criminal drill heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looked to me confused. No, no. Um, just listen. But I just feel like that. Yeah. If they kind of iterate on wild things each level like that, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also played a bit of Prince of Persia, which was not worth queuing for. Um, I think that's going to be quite good. I just didn't really like playing it on the Switch. And I needed more time with it than like a timed 15 minutes. I can't believe you had 15 minutes. I, I had 20 minutes with it and I put it down because I was a bit not bored. But I was like, okay, I think I've, I'm done now. So I, I put it down for a bit. No, but... no, I was tapped on the shoulder of, buddy, your time's up. Don't call me buddy. Yeah, do not call you buddy. Um, you also played a game that you were talking... Billy, Billy... Mm, Billy... Billy Beatit, Billy, Billy Bust, Billy something. Bust it. <laughs> um, it's a sort of musical platformer. Um, you're playing as a goat, obviously. Um, and yeah, there's this one level where it's like a song from a musical, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's the boss. And it's like a Crash Bandicoot level where it's running towards you. Um, and you've got to dodge everything and jump in time. But all of the attacks and everything are timed with the song. Mm. But I found it a bit frustrating. Um, it's not Billy Hatcher. No, that's that I do know of. That's a game game with about a big egg. Yeah. No, it's like it's time with the music. But if you miss something, then it's then really hard to get back into rhythm again. Um, so I sort of feel like you have to have a perfect run. Which was just a Billy bit, Bust Up. Billy Bust Up. I was close. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I was excited to play it, but I just felt like the controls just weren't as great as I wanted them to be, and the whole musical timing thing just did, wasn't as tight mm. as I think it needs to be, which is a bit frustrating. Um, but other than that, we just sort of potted around EGX and saw people and had a nice yeah. time. It's awesome, amazing. Yeah, it's a great EGX is fantastic. I kind of wish I'd gone this uh, gone either today or yesterday as well. Just no, as- it's far too busy. It's busy, but there's just so busy. many people there, you know. And yes, you too many people. With. But people that you know, Ed. I don't like people. Okay, fine. I think next time I have to go on my own. Great. Um, okay. Even fewer people in the house then. <laughs> Lovely. So we also asked people um, a week ago when we didn't do the podcast what they've been playing. So I'm going to I'm gonna go through a couple uh, from those as well. Mm. Um, Clasco, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I've been playing Super Bomberman R2. Uh, it could do with a few more active players, but me and a friend love playing it together, especially the 64 battle mode, which is basically like a battle royale. Yeah, that's like Bomberman. Uh, yeah, that was one of my first games I ever played on the Game Boy. I used to call it Bomberman. Bomberman. Because I didn't click that it was bombs. Bomberman. <laughs> wow. And I used to love it, actually, on uh, the... It was, yeah, it was one of my most played games on the GameCube. Uh, GameCube on the Game Boy. Like Game Boy Pocket. Oh, okay. Back in the day. There were so many iterations of it. Yeah, I mean, it came out... It was one of the launch games, wasn't it, for the Switch? Yeah. Um, But it wasn't very good. Oh. And I think this... I don't think that's the same one, is it? I think there's another one since the Bomberman there R. might be. Yeah. There might be. Yeah, this is Super Bomberman R2. R2. Super Bomberman. Uh, Super Bomberman R2 that came out on the... Oh! Apparently it came out... A month ago. Oh. Who is knew? It, is it a PC? Or... It is uh, Windows and PS2. PS2. This is confusing. So it says here that initial release date, 12th of September, 2023. Platforms, Microsoft Windows and PlayStation 2. 
Is that a typo or is that actually out on PS2? No, it's the PS5 and PS4 as well. Maybe, maybe the original, maybe there's the R2, maybe they've just gone to a really weird one. But no, it's definitely out on other things as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, what was the one that came out on Switch called? Um, Begin up. Bomberman is a classic, really, real mm. classic. Um, uh, it just says super. It's just coming up with Super Bomberman R. Yeah, ah, the 2017. Okay, so is this just a sequel? Yep. Huh. There you go. And it looks like the sequel has got a similar review score to um, the original. There we go. Six out of ten on Steam, seven on IGN. Right, next up, and this, like I say, this is from a couple of weeks ago, um, Jackie gave us a very long review of Starfield. Ooh. So we can see how it compares with your thoughts. Go on then. then. I've been playing a good bit of Starfield lately, and I really like it. It's a nice mix of Fallout and No Man's Sky. I've played a total of two days, 13 hours and 46 minutes, and I have barely progressed the storyline because I've been too busy exploring and doing side quests. I love that there is so much to find and do. I find the combat mechanics to be really fun, especially when you add in the boost packs and the effects of different planetary gravity into the mix. I wish that it had been made clear from the start that if you play this on PC, you really need to have it installed on an SSD for it to play well. It's designed to be pretty seamless and as little loading as possible, and so you really need it on an SSD for it to run smoothly. It was a lot of hassle to clear space on my SSD and move it all over. Mm. I'm also finding that I use my mouse and keyboard for most gameplay, but use my controller for ship design and flying, because the controls are a little clunky depending on what you're doing. I've also come across a few glitches in the gameplay that have been noticeable, like models glitching, companions not being where they are supposed to be, bodies meant to be found for a quest disappearing as if they are a regular dead body, so the quest can't be completed, that sort of thing. Nothing game-breaking. My main criticism, though, is that I am always, in capitals, over-encumbered. I do tend to be a bit of a hoarder in games like this, mm. but it's just too much. If I clear out a base, I should be able to at least carry back all the main loot to my ship so that I can sell it later without being over-encumbered. All in all, though, I find it to be a great game, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, no, I've not been picking up everything there, and I make sure that, you know, I've, I stick everything on my uh, on the ship. But, yeah, being over-encumbered, like, things like weapons and stuff, I don't take all of those. I only take those if I've run out of ammo. Because if you're killing, if you're clearing out a base, and they're all using the same gun, then that means they're all using the same ammo, so you just need to steal one of those guns, and then you can go and, you know, kill the others. I was always over-encumbered in Fallout. Yeah. But that's because I would save weapons and think, oh, I might need that later. And so you end up with loads of stuff that I then never used, which is very me. Mm. It's like when I keep food thinking, well, I'll save that for a special occasion. Genuinely earlier and when you were talking. special occasion at... doesn't come. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we've got so much fucking wine. <laughs> because every we we're part of the wine club, the Majestic Wine Club, and they keep delivering. <laughs> and are. I'm like, yeah, they'll, they'll be like, oh, I think we're getting another one in like three or four weeks. And I'm like, well, we've got about 15 bottles in on the wine rack. So we don't drink any because we're too busy we, saving it for we when we've got like a, a five hour window to drink it. We need a special occasion. We don't. You do not need a special occasion to drink wine. Right, let's hear what Riley has to say about Mass Effect. It's but a Sunday. I'm, we're going to open up some wine after this. No, we're not. I'm going to. I do not want to be hungover tomorrow on a school day. You don't need to be hungover. Actually, no, probably not because I need to go into work tomorrow. Yeah. Finally been able to play some Mass Effect again. I started with one early this week and now I'm back into two. This is definitely my comfort series and so, so glad to be able to play it again. I'd really like to play Mass Effect again. I uh, Yeah, I've never... Well, I played the first one. That's it. Yeah, you need to play the rest. Clues. Uh, was last week playing two games, both free on Game Pass. Well, mm. they're not free on Game Pass. But they're on Game Pass. <laughs> All to be, right. To, to be tech. 
Uh, the first is Bookwalker, a point-and-click puzzle game where writers can magically enter books and stories to steal items and interact with characters. Wait a minute, this sounds like uh, Plucky Squire. Sounds like a lot of things. Mm. Short, interesting, and quite fun. It has quite a few moral choices that make you wonder if things will develop differently if you choose otherwise. Six out of ten. And secondly, The Lamplighter's League, a tactical RPG set in the 1920s where you control a small team pulling off heists and sabotages in a pulp noir fashion. A very polished game, though the gameplay feels a bit lackluster. Looking forward to delve more into it as I am only five hours in. Seven out of ten. Nice. Mr. Milhill's been playing Dave the Diver. Great game. I, well, that is one actually I do need to focus on. Yep. Uh, I just got Dave the Diver yesterday and already logged four hours into it. Crazy fuck concept with fun soundtrack and characters. It's getting a bit repetitive at this point, so I'm kind of hoping the game throws some twists at me soon, like a new area or new ways to catch fish. Yeah, like, I feel like a lot of people are saying that that game does become a little bit repetitive as it goes on. Because it's about 30 hours, I think. Or 24, 24 to 30 hours. Mm. Um, I'm going to skip over to Chaddy's because Chaddy gave us more um, this, this week. week. Yeah. But no, Dave the well, Diver, well, yeah. Actually, I think Cocoon and Dave the Diver are my games I should no, finish. I'm going to read a bit of Chaddy's because it was relevant to today. So Chaddy's got a PS5 and an OLED. So that's mm. nice. Um, and he went on to try Elden Ring, which came clear very quickly. I don't think is really for me. I really want to love a Souls game, but the lack of guide and help as to what I'm supposed to do and also the combat being very difficult, I found a turnoff. I know people adore this game and others alike, but maybe I have to accept I'm not one of them. I think I'm learning. I enjoy story more over gameplay. Maybe I need to give it more of a chance. Yeah, it's each person's a different thing. Yeah, there's not much story. I know there is a little bit of story in Elden Ring, but it's it's not the reason to play it. And if you're into, no. if you want a story that you can kind of follow, and like you want, you prefer your video games to be a bit like a book, you know, with a interesting story that you can follow, and then the gameplay is secondary or just alongside that, then. Yeah, the Elden Ring is not the game for that. Mm, and I don't think Elden, it, Elden Ring is a, is a game that tests you and you get your you en, your enjoyment from beating that and some people just don't. Yeah, I think Souls games are about overcoming adversity. Yeah. Whatever that challenge Some people have enough you. adversity in real life. They I don't mean, need it in a game. Mood. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, Elden Ring is it's more about lore and world building than like an active story that you're developing. Um, so yeah, I think people play it more for combat and gameplay. Which you kind of, you have to love to enjoy the games. Uh, finally delve back into Sea of Stars after playing the demo on Switch. I have now got on PS5. I'm loving it so far, around two hours in. I think the problem with the demo is it starts you off randomly in the story and not right at the beginning, mm. which I wasn't aware of. So now I have done the tutorial parts and stuff. I feel ready to go and explore the rest of the story. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Sea of Stars stories uh, demo is partway through. Mm. Yeah, I remember that. It gives you, you a bit tough. of a slice, which I really enjoyed. But I sort of knew what I was getting into anyway. Mm. But um, yeah, it, please let us know how you're getting on with the chatty because it's fucking brilliant. Uh, Pete Randall's been playing Cocoon. I spend most of the time thinking, how are these game designers so clever? The puzzles are such incredible mind scrambles. The use of the worlds within worlds is so clever. And like nothing I've experienced in a game before. It keeps you on your toes and is always changing things up. So, so, so good a game. Thank you, Pete. Oh, wow. I agree. You win then. Um, and just to whip into this week's one to read some more, uh, Lavi's been uh, fully into Honkai Star Rail. Patch 1.4 was released and we have a new character banner. The story this patch was meh for me, but everyone seems to be enjoying the Pokemon-like event that is going on as well. I've always been tempted by that, but I'm, I don't want to get sucked in. No. Because it sounds like it's too much of a time sink. Genshin, isn't it? Pretty much. Mm. 
Uh, this week, Sir Chaddy's continuing the Sea of Stars and also Baldur's Gate 3, uh, both of which I'm very much enjoying. Uh, the demo really didn't do Sea of Stars any justice. I strongly recommend, if you're interested, just go ahead and play it. I've always enjoyed turn-based combat and the little extras you do uh, to do more damage and heals is very satisfying. Um, I think I'm possibly halfway through, but I have no idea. It definitely keeps going, so just stick with it. It's a fun JRPG and the graphics are wonderful and show that fancy clean style graphics are not always the best for everything. Very true. Uh, I've also been enjoying Baldur's Gate. I haven't got too far, but I have four companions, three with me, one in camp and also a doggo. I give him many pets, of which my companions approve. I am just enjoying getting lost in the world and stumbling upon scenes I can influence with my dialogue choices. The voice acting is all excellent and the graphics are lovely on PS5. Both games have been good escapes this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to coming back to Baldur's Gate after October, um, which I will be, with my Be A Dick playthrough. And it was our last uh, podcast that we had was with, um, yeah, with Jennifer English and Devorah Wild. Yes, it was. Devorah Wild, sorry. Thank you for listening, if you listened. Yeah. And if you haven't, go back and listen. <laughs> uh, and the last up, Mr. Wibble. I've been busy with work and leisure, but the one game I played this week is The Last Case of Benedict Fox. Now, I've been interested in this, but I don't think it reviewed very well. Um, it's a beautiful puzzle platformer, some call it Metroidvania, with a bit of an eldritch horror mixed in, just nothing too scary. The reviews for the game weren't that great, which actually made me want to play it even more. While the game does have weak combat in places and frustrating puzzles, I'm really enjoying the overall story and feel. You're playing as Benedict Fox, Fox, who is joined to a demon, and you track down your father for some reason. You find your father dead, and enter another dimension where you have to find clues about his death. This is also where you discover more about your parents' peculiar history. I can understand when people are utterly confused by the story as you have to piece things together and won't get the whole thing in one big chunk. Me, I love the weirdness. Hmm. The puzzles are a nice little challenge. The combat is a bit clunky now and again, but overall not too frustrating or complex. And with the right upgrades, which can be acquired by finding artifacts and having a weaponsmith hammer away, the fights aren't too punishing. There are accessibility settings in the game, which can help you with quest markers, but also simplify combat if it's not storyline related and can even make you invincible. Good. Brilliant. We do love some good accessibility options okay so, so that's what people have been playing this week thank you very much for yes, telling thank us you. um and sorry if we skipped anybody's uh just we kind of we've been streaming for well been recording for nearly an hour and a half and we've still got the news to do let's finish off with some news now there's only a couple of stories but there's some big ones oh yeah and the big one is that microsoft has finally bought activision blizzard King. for 68.7 billion dollars just which say 69. Is the, 69. Uh, which no. is the biggest company buyout in video game industry history. And it probably won't be beaten. <laughs> like, unless no. PlayStation buys Nintendo or something like that. I mean, it's not gonna it's not gonna be eclipsed. No, not for a long time. I mean, I think we've seen this year that Microsoft don't have a lot of games out. They don't have a lot of exclusives. And they've bought Activision Blizzard, and that means they'll maybe have some games. Mm. Um, well, just imagine somebody was talking about potentially having World of Warcraft on Game Pass and having controller support. And I was like, I would give that a go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would play it a little bit just to see what it's like and see what the world's like. Because I'm interested much more in the story and like the lore and the, the world of World of Warcraft than I am um, anything else. But like, I'm not going to sit at a computer and play it with all the sweaty nerds and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I th I th the, the main game that everyone talks about with Activision Blizzard is Call of Duty. And Call of Duty is huge on PlayStation. Mm. And obviously a big part of the legal case around this is, are they going to make Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox? Um, and that's still kind of up for debate. As much as they've mm. said that they're not going to, I still kind of feel like 
you don't spend $69 billion on a company to then not have their games exclusive on your system. Well, they'll have it on Game Pass and everybody will be playing it on Game Pass. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that they've said they still want it on PlayStation, that it want to exclude PlayStation players. Mm. I just feel like it's, it's a bit of a toss up because on the one hand, Microsoft want their games to be playable everywhere. But I think they really want them to be playable on their own system. So I think we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens um, with with those games. I think they will probably most of those games will be on Game Pass. Yeah. So it's going to be there to bolster Game Pass, and Game Pass is going to be available on as many different platforms as possible. It's not just Xbox. It's PC. It's mobile. It's cloud. It's whatever else. Mm. So I think it will be available to play these games in lots of different ways. Um, so yeah, the other big thing with this is what's happening with Bobby Kotick. Uh, no one likes him. Nope. And he has said that he will be at the company through the end of 2023. But come January, he'll be out. Yeah, I heard it's literally the 1st of January. He's gone. Yeah. Now, he's going to make a hell of a lot of money because he owns the company. It's been bought out. He's got shares. He yeah. is going to get a huge payoff out of this. So He's already incredibly, incredibly rich. And he's just going to get even richer and it's he's just i don't think his life is going to change yeah his life is not going to change other than he's going to have a bit more free time so it's like yes he's going to get a lot of money and yes he doesn't deserve it because he's a piece of shit yeah. um but yeah <laughs> well hopefully it means that there's going to be some change at activision Blizzard, oh you know ABK, they will um you know being part of microsoft you know, all the problems that have been talked about at Activision Blizzard, um, all the sort of sexual assault cases and, and toxic culture, all of this from the past, you know, 10, 15 years or so, I think is the main area of it coming up. Um, hopefully with it now coming into Microsoft, I mean, I'm sure Microsoft has its own problems as a company. Hopefully with Kotick out and it coming under Microsoft, the cultural changes can come into effect that, that those workers really want. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully that's a good thing. There's also a bit of a worry, maybe, because we've seen, even in the last month, we've seen so many people getting laid off. Mm. Um, you know, things like Epic laying off um, Mediatonic, because they bought Mediatonic, who uh, who make Fall Guys. Mm. And and they got bought. And so you're thinking, oh, okay, this studio has been bought by this huge company. A couple of years later, most of them get laid off. That's the Embracer and as well. It's happened with Embracer. It's happened with other companies. So it, I, I don't think Microsoft are going to just lay off half of ABK, you know, within a year. But there's always a, a worry of these big companies combining and then restructuring and people maybe losing their jobs. So, you know, it's in some ways it's a good thing that Microsoft owned them. In some ways it's a bad thing. There's going to be a lot of change. Um, I think in some ways there's a sense of relief because this has been going on for about 20 months now of when they first said they were going to mm. buy them and then the 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 legal case and everything else it's finally done now yeah so they can just get on with owning them and sorting out some games deciding what they're doing with game pass deciding what they're doing with the workers hopefully keeping most of them keeping their jobs um what do you we'll yeah do you think it's a good thing that they've been bought i don't like the idea of of a few companies owning a load of other ones. Mm. Um, I do think that it it it's better when there's more competition. And I think that smaller companies are able to, to be a bit more flexible and work quicker. Um, I think, you know, when you look at something like Starfield, that was in development for a long time. 
And I think in some way, I mean, look, I haven't played it. I'm going by what you've said and other people I know have said. It feels like it's a game that should have come out five years ago because mm. it has the sensibilities and the gameplay of stuff that was five years ago and actually things have moved on. How's it moved on? Because smaller indie games have come out and done more interesting things because they can move quicker. And I think um, indie games will always be there. Like, will always yeah. have to be there. So I think that there's definitely a place for like big budget AAA games when they're done well. But I think we've got to a point now where they take so long to make because they're made by these huge companies with so many people involved mm. um, that they just become these huge temporal releases that can be amazing. But as we've seen, even with PlayStation, like they're really good quality games. You know, Spider-Man's not out yet, but that's coming out. We've had God of War and Horizon and, you know, they're good quality games, but they're not pushing the boundaries massively in a way that smaller games from smaller companies they can be a bit more flexible and a bit, you know, do things differently. Mm. Um, so I, d I don't like, I mean, that obviously is, is just down to, you know, how companies work and even big companies can operate in lots of small ways. But, you know, I don't necessarily like these big hulking companies that move slowly and, you know, make a lot of, well, make a small number of people very rich. Mm. I don't really like that particularly. Um, equally, you know, xbox probably need the game so sure buy a big company off you go and i'm kind of just happy that it's over with after 20 months yeah. that we don't have to think about it anymore but i think there will still be a lot of implications from this to come especially down to the company and and, and the workers and, mm. and and how things change internally you gotta be happy it's 10 cent that isn't doing it well exactly can you imagine the 10 cent owning them yeah. Oh, well, so I think that is it. Oh, no, these there are other news. Well, there's one other bit of news, which is a big bit of news. Um, there's been various bits of news, but we're picking out the two big ones. Mm -hmm. The other one is that there's a PlayStation Slim. There is. Now, this is kind of interesting because it's 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 not a PlayStation Pro, you know, or like PS5 Pro. Yeah. That's potentially still down the line. This is just a remodel of the existing one. Um, the main difference is that... With the current PS5, um, it is, I, I feel like the disk drive, there, there are two versions. There's the disk drive and the digital. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the disk drive is seen as the main one. Mm. But then there's a cheaper option if you just want digital. Yeah. This new slim version, the way they've made it slim is to cut off the disk drive. Now, it's also shorter and smaller and lighter, but they've cut off the disk drive to make it a digital only version. However, there is a disk drive version that has this huge extra bulk of a disk drive on the side. Yeah. So it feels like this weird You can hump, buy it extra. But you can also buy it extra. But the cost of the digital-only Slim plus a separate disk drive is more than just buying the, the internal combined disk drive yeah. version of it. Yeah. So if you, if you buy the digital version, you can change your mind and say, hey, I'm going to buy the disk drive. Um, but that's going to cost you more. Mm. So you might as well just buy the full version. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but it's it's also more expensive in the States, um, this version. But it's not a new model. It, it's not it's not doing anything different. It's just over time, this is now going to be the standard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is... I think it looks a bit ugly, to be honest. Well, yeah. And they're also they're not going to be selling the original ones anymore. Like once the current stuff is, uh, is out. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a weird little bit of crackling, isn't it, on that one? There is. Sorry if you can hear that. I think um, I've had this before. I've had this already. I don't know. I'll mess around with it. Fiddle with the settings. Yeah. 
All right, then. Um, but yeah, thank you very, very much for watching. That was Swapping Joysticks. It is the 16th of October, 2023. And uh, yeah, I'm Biggest Benus. You can find me at Biggest Benus on Twitch. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Biggest Benus one Just go and type in BiggestBenus.com. You'll find it. Where can we find you, Ed? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights on Twitch, on Twitter, pretty much everywhere else. Do, we have any, do you have anything coming up? Um, I have another review this week. Ooh. Um, of um uh, a, a a platformer. Interesting. Um, so that will be this week, and we can discuss that next time. Brilliant. And we can also um yeah we've got another well actually we'll go into fan fest. That's true. So yeah, so this next weekend mm. we are going to Final Fantasy fourteen fan fest. We are indeed. So we will be talking about that on the Sunday. Probably get back quite late. <laughs> Or maybe we'll do it Monday. Well, just we're going to the concerts, the Fantasy Fourteen concert oh, on the Monday. True. That is true. We will do it on Sunday. It might just be quite late. Fine. All right. Thank you very much for watching. Go to swapandjoysticks.com if you want uh, links to all the other previous uh, podcasts. And uh, yeah, enjoy your week. Thanks very Please much. Day. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.